We are starting today, Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarach, Sefer Yoyna. Sefer Yoyna is a very interesting Sefer. Most of us know the story, at least from what we heard in fourth grade, and maybe we gained a little extra knowledge in fifth, sixth. I think that's where we top out. Like, we know the story. There was a man, he was sent to Ninveh to go tell him to do tshuva. He didn't want to go, he ran away. Boat was about to sink. He got swallowed by a fish. He got spit out. He told them something about a kikayin and then something. Great. So what are we going to do about it? So we need to learn sefiyayin. That's the bottom line. It's such a fascinating story. And it's such a fascinating conversation. You can learn sefiyayin for years and years and years. And I think that's what we're going to do. Mechashem Sheikh is going to come. But I think that we're going to start this year. We'll have a couple of shirim sefiyayin. And we'll continue next year. I don't think we're going to get very far into Sefer Yonah this year. But I think we're going to start learning things that we maybe never knew, which will give us a whole new view of the Sefer. So I want to talk about many different facets of the Sefer Yonah. The first and foremost question that one wants to understand when they learn Sefer Yonah, before you even get to who Yonah was, where he came from, what do we know about him before, what do we know about him after, it's a very simple question of, why do we have a book in Tanakh about somebody going to deal with Goyim? Why do we have to, It has nothing to do with Yiddishkeit, seemingly. There's a prophet. He was told to go to Ninveh, who are a bunch of Goyim. Why is this even part of our Tanakh? What's the purpose? And before we even start Sefer Yoyinah, we're going to ask this question the way the Radak asks it. If you have a Radak in front of you, you'll see in Pasuk Aleph, Towards the end of Pasuk Aleph, in my version, the article version, is three paragraphs, so it's the third paragraph, but it's towards the end. V'yesh Lisho. The Radak has a very simple question. Lama nichtava Why is this prophecy part of Tanakh? Why? V'kula al ninvei shahisimu umasayulam. The whole thing is about a non-Jewish people. V'einba yizdecher liyisrael. That has nothing to do with the Jews. And there's nothing like it in the rest of Tanakh. Very simple question. Now, truth be told, if you learn Tanakh, you'll see that Yechezkel will say a prophecy about a nation. Yeshaya will say a prophecy about a nation. Yirmiyo will say a prophecy about a nation. There are prophets about a nation. But it's never that a prophet is sent to a nation, go tell them something. And the entire Sefer is devoted to that. What's the purpose of having a Sefer in Tanakh? that the prophet's going to talk to the Now, you could also ask the question a little bit differently if you'd like. Why is Hashem even sending prophets to the Goyim? You ask it like that. And was this the only time in history that it was ever happened? Another good question. But this is how the Radak asks the question. Says the Radak, if you're following inside, so you can understand and we can explain the basis follows. But before we even get to the territory of the Radak, let's just elaborate on the question. The Gemara Masechus Megillah Dafidal tells us, even though there were Nevi'im and Klai Yisrael, double the amount of people that went out of Mitzrayim were their prophets. The Hainu. We know 600,000 Jews went out of Mitzrayim. There was more than 1.2 million Nevi'im in Klai Yisrael's history. More than 1.2 million Nevi'im. They want to say, so why do we only have a select few? And they want to use the Lushen, Nevo'eshehutzrechaladayrit, prophecies that were necessary for future, were written down. Hashem was necessary for the future. Amos, etc., is all necessary for the future, so it's written down. But were there other prophecies with other Nevi'im that were living? Of course there were. There was one point, more than 1.2 million Nevi'im. So the Radak Kasha becomes even more violate because that means that this is a Nevi'im that's the Hutzrich It's necessary for future generations. So now the Radak's question, what's the purpose? Says the Radak, so we can explain. Ki yeah, it's talking meant for the Jews as a Musr. Shahre Am Nachri, because a non Jewish people, Sha'inami Yisrael, Hayakarvu Chuba. They were very easily able to be convinced to do Chuba. After one warning, Hanavi Shava Bachuba Shlaimir Osam. But yet be Yisrael, my Chicham Osam Hanavim, Hashkem Vaharev, Enim Shava Mirisham. Scathing. Very hurtful line in the Radak. The doc says it's a very good Musa for Kaisal. You go to a guy, you tell him you're better or otherwise, 
And the guy's like, oh, okay, fine, no, no problem, I'll, I'll behave. Kaisal has Navi, after Navi, after Navi. You're better, you're better, or you're gonna. And we're in Gullis for 1955 years. It almost sounds like the Gullis are better than us. They get a warning, and they behave. We get a warning, and we, uh, yeah. Sometimes we take the Navi, we throw him into a pit, like we did to Yirmiya Navi. Or sometimes we kill him, like Zechariah Navi, if we don't like what he's saying. We sound horrible. We do. We sound like savages. We have to understand why that is. We'll get to that. That is Hashem. Why are we like that? Why are they going like this? And why are the Jews like that? Let's get to that. But for now, the words of the Redak. So this is a Musaf to cry. So look, when Hashem talks to a guy, he listens. And when Hashem talks to you, you have excuses and etc. etc. Part one. Continues the Redak. Va'id. Lohidia hapela hagadol sha'asa hakel yizbarach imanavi. There's also a very important lesson over here. The fact that a human being could be in the stomach of a fish for three days and nights and come out and then continue on with life as if nothing happened, that's a very important story. Okay, so we need four prakim for that. We could say, I could do this whole thing in about a line and a half. It was as follows. There was a Navi that was sent on a mission. He didn't want to go. He was trying to run away. He got thrown off a boat. He was swallowed by a fish. He left... He lived there for three days and he survived because Hashem is powerful. Great story. Mafiyeda would be much cheaper. What? What's the... What? Really? The Radak says because it's a great story that a fish can swallow a human and the human can survive. Therefore, we understand why we need Tefiyeda. Part two. We have to get back to also. We're going to leave a lot of questions on the table today. But Bezit Hashem, we'll get smarter as we go on. Bezit Hashem. Answer number three says Radak. Va'oid. Another reason why we have Tefiyeda. I'm sorry, is all fun in the second one. Because Baruch loves people that do tshuva. I don't care what nation you're part of. And all the more so when it's a mass group of people. Because Baruch's love for Balei Tshuva is so, such an important thing, such an important lesson for us to know. Therefore, it's part of Sefer, Sefer Atanach. Belongs right in the middle of Sefer Atanach. Yoyna is its own, it's its own Sefer, but as Yomar and Babavasra tells us, that the Sefer tree also were too small to make their own, so they combine them all together, they shouldn't get lost. So it belongs a Sefer in Tanach, because we want you to know, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mechabal Tshuva of people, he literally is Mechabal them, he loves them, and he will do whatever he can to be there for them. Another very great lesson, which, again, you can make it very short. And technically, we see this throughout Tanakh. So when say for Yechesko, you see also HaKadosh Baruch who's ready to accept people that do tshuva. At kind the three terutim of the Radak. The Chidah, in the Tzchei Metanach, which if you have the article version, you can look at it inside. If not, you can listen. He also asks the Kasha. He says, I'm a Farshim, not new time. I'm a Farshim, give a reason. Lama nichtava nevuazu shahaito l'umas ha'ayla. Why was this prophecy written down? It was for the non-Jews. The Misham Yavai Te'eles, she is Eru Yisrael, that Goyim are willing to do Tshuva right away. And number two, to notify the Nisim. And number three, that Abish is a Kabbal Tshuva. Says the Chidah. Quote, asking, quote, the Redak, two truths. V'oid Yeshle his Eru. Furthermore, I want to bring up a point. She calls the Remez, la Neshama, v'laguf v'oilam azeh, t'mayish v'yaru b'zayr ha'kadosh. Zara Kadosh has a whole new understanding of the Sefer Yoyna. Did this story happen? Of course the story happened. What's the lesson of the story? So if you start living with eyes like the Zara Kadosh and the Chidah, one day hopefully we'll also learn it with the Grah. The Grah's whole Sefer Yoyna beer is to explain how the Yoyna is the Neshama. It was sent on a mission. It doesn't want to go. It gets thrown into the world with chaos. And it just wants to just drown itself. And it doesn't want to be involved. And the, the Grah builds a beautiful, beautiful lesson out of the Sefer. That's the show we're going to have to get to it. The Grah and Yoyna. It's a must read. And he talks about how a person knows what he was sent here on the world for. How do you know what he was sent here for? Maybe you're not running away from a mission. Maybe you're actually doing your mission. That's a whole separate Nikuda. And therefore, Ayn Hashem Ba'aruch Mutter Ritz Besides for every secret that's in every letter of Sefer Yoyna, because it's a Sefer in Tanakh, there's unbelievable Musa that you need from Sefer Yoyna. 
So we have another reason why we need to learn Sefer Yoyinah, because we need to start understanding ourselves. Let's just start understanding ourselves. Our Neshama was sent here on a mission. Are you going to go fulfill the mission, or are you going to try to run away? At the end of the day, the mission is going to be fulfilled. You might as well just be on board with it, as the Gros says. But we'll deal with that when we get here. Furthermore, you can say a very simple, simple terrorist. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent Yoyinah to get Ninveh to repent, and to be chayz to b'tshuva. But it was all for the purpose of Kaiso. As we saw, the Radak alluded to this. Why? We learned here, within, we learned throughout Sefer Yoyinah, the Nekuda of, even if HaKadosh Baruch was like, I'm done. Kom al as he tells, Kom leich because Ki al I've had it with them. I'm about to flip it over. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is willing and ready to accept, even when a person is adzichducha shenefesh, that's the Lashem Chazal, a person is already literally laying on his deathbed. A person realizes he had a life of various midas mishchatas, he did everything wrong, and he's about to die, and then he's like, you know, just in case, uh, I'm just, you know, just in case it's Hashem, I do tshuva. I'm so sorry, Hashem. I, I know that's a very insincere tshuva. I get it. But yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was willing, even when it's, ma- it's over already, he's willing to hear from you. And he's excited to hear from you. And that's a lesson for us, because we, ne- we will never reach to be as bad as Nimbeh is and was. And yet, sometimes we start questioning, can I really be Tshuva? Hashem really interested? The lesson of Nimbeh is, yeah, Hashem's interested. Hashem is very interested. Rashi writes in the beginning of Parshas, that, This is the way Hashem works sometimes. Maybe Purana Ta'umas Ailam, he'll bring a disaster, a tragedy on the Gayim. Kadeshi Yishmu Yisro that we should learn from it. Let there be wildfires in Hawaii. But we need to learn from that lesson that Kadesh Baruch Hu is talking to us. Hurricanes and earthquakes, there, typhoons and tsunamis, there, to never come upon the Jews, ever. But it has to be that we need to learn from those lessons. Those are messages Hashem is sending. As Rashi brings down the Pasuk in Tzvanya, V'chrati Goyim, I'm going to wipe out nations, Neshamu Punaisam, I'll clean out their corners and from everywhere, Amarti Achtiro Oisi Tikhumaser. I just want you to notice me, Hashem says. Just notice me. This is what I can do. I don't want them to have to come to you. Akadish Baruch also is in Sefer Yoyinu, Hashem is telling us the message. I don't want to have to destroy Kaisal for the Chatayim. When Yoyinu was Navi, at that time, Kaisal was not behaving. It's very good that Akadish Baruch sometimes says, Look here. There's a saying in Yiddish, which doesn't come across well in English, like most good Yiddish sayings, but we'll try. I mean, you talk to the daughter, but you mean the daughter-in-law. The daughter-in-law is doing something inappropriate at the table. You can't tell your daughter-in-law something, she's your daughter-in-law. So you tell your daughter. You mean the daughter-in-law, obviously, but you can't say it to the daughter-in-law. We're the Abish's daughter. You know, like Hashem sometimes talks there, he's talking to you. It's not like, okay, yeah, no, they, they suffered, or they got warned, or they got threatened. We got threatened. That's the message. We got warned. Don't let it come too close to home. And Parshas Nitzavim, famous Sukkim, thanks to Avram Fried, we know that yeah, Mitzvah Zois, Shem tells us, this Mitzvah is it's not so difficult, it's not so far, it's not so distant. This mitzvah is not up in the heavens where one would say, Who can bring me to the heavens? <laughs> of course I'll do it if I can get to the heavens. It's also not across the ocean. Take me across the ocean, I'll do it. No! It's close to you, it's easy, it's accessible. As the Chavit Chaim used to tell people that were going to America, he says, tell the Yidin in America that tshuva is nishkin bear. This is not a care. Tshuva is not a beer. Like a, a beer, B-E-A-R. But it's, all it is is a care. All it is is a turn. That's it. It's a turn. Till now I was facing like this. I was doing this mahalach. And now I turn. Now I change my mahalach. That's all tshuva is. I change my direction of life. That's all it is. Tell them it's not such a scary thing. It's not a beer, tshuva. Now, what is this mitzvah 
Which myth are we talking about? So Rashi, our Kodesh, in that Pasuk learns, says Rashi, says Rashi, If the Torah, Rashi learns that's referring to Torah, if Torah would be in the heavens, you would have to climb to the heavens to learn it. If Torah would be on the other side of the world, the other side of the ocean, you would have to cross the seas to get to the Torah. No, Kikar Vaylachar says Rashi, I turn it, Nolchem, Bikhtav, Balpeh. You have it, it's available, you can always learn. That's how Rashi learns. The Ramban disagrees with Rashi. And the Ramban learns that this mitzvah that we're talking about, that it's so simple, it's not such a big deal, is the mitzvah of Tshuva. Kikar Vaylachar, Dovah Ma'od, Loi Vashemayim, Loi Me'evelayam. It's very simple. It's right, Kikar Vaylachar, Dovah Ma'od, doing Tshuva, changing your ways. It's very, very simple. It's like that. But I think that the Targum Yonison walks between the two raindrops. It's as follows. And I want to read to you the Lashon of the Targum Yonison. It says the Targum Yonison. It's not in the heavens to say, sorry, Targum Yonison. The Torah is not in the heaven that you should say, If we would have, like somebody like Moshe Rabbeinu, the Novi, the Yitzhak Lashemaya, who could go up to the heavens, we have to be If we would have somebody like Moshe Rabbeinu that could go up to the heavens, then we would be able to learn Torah. That's not, that's not, that's not what the, the, you have the opportunity, you have the ability. Part one. And the Torah is also not across the ocean. Listen to the words of, of the Targum Yishalmi. If we would have somebody like Yoyna Hanavi, who's willing to descend to the depths of the ocean, if we would have somebody like Yoyna to go up to heaven to get us to Tyre, fine, I'll listen. If I would have Yoyna that's willing to go down to the depths of the ocean, I don't know if you know that part of the story, where Yoyna ends up at the bottom of the ocean, and he has a conversation with Ilav Yassin, they didn't teach that to you in Cheder maybe, We'll get there, Rezus Hashem, that Yoyna has a long conversation about interesting things with the Leviathan to have a conversation. So if I could have somebody that can go down to the depths of the ocean like Yoyna, then maybe I would. I would. Sounds like when you're talking to me, that the first part, going up to the heavens, is regarding the mitzvah of Torah, learning Torah. Going down to the depths, literally, is like Yoyna Anavi, which is what Yoyna Anavi is famous for, being chayzeh b'tshuva, people, bringing people back. One mitzvah, like Me'evel Ayam, is Yoyna, he learns from Evil Yam, doesn't mean across the ocean, it means to the depth of the ocean, because I think it's Pashat Why, because it's very easy to go by Evil Yam. Even though it's hard, but it's very, it, it's not like going to the heavens. Going to the heavens was impossible. Going across the ocean might be difficult, but it's possible, it's feasible. So it's interesting. So therefore, the Targum learns specifically, Evil Yam means to the depth of the ocean. So to go down to the bottom, that's impossible. Even if you can go visit the Titanic, it's not guaranteed you're coming back. So, Evil Yam means you go down. And be able to get there. That's impossible. Yaina Novi. Yaina could do that. Fine. No problem. So the Yishalmi is learning that one person is going on Torah and one person is going on Novi. Mechel Zilber, live and be well, one of the big families of Chacham that Kari still has today, on the Gedele Adar. So he has a safer called Bayam Derech. No pun intended. That's the name of his safer. Bayam Derech. Bayam is Rosh Hashavit. Mechel. Yichil Mechel. So, um, so, Bayam Derech. The Sefer Bayam Derech is his... Rosh, he has a few volumes now, Bayam Derech, coming out on Chumash also. But the initial Bayam Derech were on the Avtaris of the year. Long Mamarim to explain the Avtaris of the, of the parasha. Two per each Avtaris. I was able to go listen to Mechel Zobel when I was in Yeshiva and Yisrael. For that one year, Tuesday night, he would give down the block from where Yeshiva was. In Shul Shevet Halevi, he would give a shir. And I would go Tuesday night. I would, leave, I would not be part of Yeshiva. I even got called in for it. But I would go to this year. It was an amazing year to go to because, for multiple reasons. He gave a year for an hour. The first ten minutes, no problem. I was totally in. I knew exactly what he was talking about. The next ten minutes depended on the week. The last forty minutes, I never understood what he was talking about. Never, never. I used to just, I used to go just. It was kedai to go watch a yid, give a year, and just be like, just lose it into the heavens. I don't know, maybe people did, did understand, didn't understand. There wasn't a full share, maybe you know, 35, 40 people. But it was amazing. It was amazing. I used to go every week, and I used to get the printouts, 
the guy used to go ahead and print it out afterwards and actually try to, oh, he said that? I don't know, okay, he didn't say that, I don't know. But it was amazing. This is a year that we have today. So he wrote a sefer called Bayam Derech, and that's two years worth of his mamarim that he gave on the Haftarah. So in his Haftarah, on this, on Nachtiyayna, he talks about the Haftarah, so he brings down that this Nikudah, that the Targum Yishami was bothered, what does Me'ever Layam mean? Me'ever Layam can't mean going across the ocean. So it must be like this. But he adds a very deep Nikudah. He says, the message of Loi Me'ever Layam, meaning it's not down in the depths of the ocean, is more than just that it's not possible to attain, seemingly. But it's more like that people sometimes feel they give up. Shuvo, Terror also, Terror is like, it's in the heavens. But Terror we'll talk about a different time, Shuvos maybe. That's the Terror, that's, now we're talking about Shuvo. We'll talk about the Evil Ayam part, the Yaina part. People think that it's so far away. I did this Haverio. I'm so, it's, so many things happened since then. It's been covered over, it's, I, like I moved on. And therefore, that is what it is. You know, it is. It's at the bottom of the ocean. There's nothing I can do. The message of Me'evel Yamehi is that Yoyna Novi is screaming to us. And we learn to say for Yoyna, and when we, when we hear the Masi Yoyna, what we're supposed to hear is, go down to the depths. Don't worry. You can do it. It's not, it's not that big a deal. You'll realize, once you go and once you start, you realize it's not that difficult. Hashem is with you to assist you like He wanted to assist Ninveh in their Chazar B'Tshuva. Chazal tell us, in Mechilta, that Yoyna Novi, the Lashon of Chazal is, and it's a very powerful Chazal, Yoyna Tova Kvoida Ben, Veloy Kvoida Av. Yoyna Novi, Hashem had a Taino perhaps, as we'll see, or maybe not, we'll see. Yoyna Novi was Teveya, he demanded the covet of the Ben, but he wasn't Teveya, he didn't demand the covet of the Av. Who's the Ben? Kaiso. Who's the Av? HaKadosh Baruch Meaning, he was so worried how we're going to look. And we all know this. We were taught this in Yeshiva. That when Yoyna ran away, it was because he didn't want Klaisal to look bad. Right? Because he knew that, look, Yoyna will do tshuva. And what's Klaisal going to look like? We're going to end up looking horrible. So he was He was looking out for our honor, which we appreciate, Yoyna. But at the same time, he was not So this Baruchu wants Ninveh to do tshuva. And he's willing to not do that in order to... Chayisol shouldn't be embarrassed. Chazal counts many reasons that this shlichus that he was sent on could create a shtickle of damage to Chayisol, that Yoyna decided that he doesn't want to go. Number one, Chazal itself in the Mechilz over there continues. Arma Yoyna. Eileich b'chutzel aret. Yoyna says, I'm going to run to chutzel aret. Mokrim she'ein ha'shchina shoyre v'niglis. A place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't appear to people. Sha'agoyim k'revim l'tshuvahen sh'lechayev etzisrol. Because Goyim are very easy to convince to do tshuva, and I don't want Klai Saul to look bad. That's the Lashon of the Mechilta. Meaning, because the Goyim are going to listen, and they're going to repent, it's going to make Klai Saul look horrible. So, you know what? I'm going to run to a place where I cannot get the book. In Medrash, in Rabbah, in Eicho, in Eicho Rabbati, the Medrash says it a little bit differently, but brings out the same point. Pasik over there says, on a Pasik in Tzvanya, it's also in your tray, sir. Tzvanya is one of the Nevi'im. It gets very little airtime, unfortunately. So, it says, in Perry Gimel, if you, op- if you have it, say for Tzvanya, it's nice to open it just so you can say that you opened up a Tzvanya once in your life. So, in Perry Gimel, Pasuk Gimel, Pasuk Aleph. Perry Gimel, Pasuk Aleph. It says as follows. Gimel Aleph. Hoi moira v'nig Allah. Ha'ir hayayna. That's the translation. That's the Pasuk. We'll go with Rashi's translation. Ad Achshav, till now, Diber ben Ninveh. Tzvanya was talking about Ninveh. Who knew that Tzvanya had anything to do with Ninveh? Achshav, Chizal Yerushalayim. But now Tzvanya is starting to talk about Yerushalayim. Hoi, back to the passage. Hoi, Shetiel Lebaz Velitzchi Kiroi, Ushahim Mige Eles, Betzach and Avoyno. It's going to look disgusting. It's going to be exposed. Meirot, Meirot, Vesam Tachiroi. Ha'ir Hayoyno. Rashi learns, Yerushalayim is like a Yoyna. What's like a Yoyna? Because a Yoyna is very easily convinced. Ain't lave. It doesn't have a heart. You can convince a Yoyna to do anything. That's how Rashi learns. But Chazal, Darshan this passage the way exactly you would imagine. If until now we're talking about Ninveh, in Sefer Tzvanyo, 
So what? Says, says the Medrash. should have learned from the city of Yoyno. As he brings the pasuk, Hashkem v'shalayach, b'boiker Hashkem v'shalayach, be'erev loyshamu, kivon shalayshamu, galu. Are we still doing this? So we went to Galus. So therefore, it would come out that the end of the day, that what really ended up causing the chorim is the fact that Yoyna went to Ninveh. Yoyna was 100 percent right. Hashem is saying, I don't understand. I go to send one person to Ninveh, and everything changes. And I've sent you Nevi'im, after Nevi'im, after Nevi'im, and nothing changes. That's it. You're going to go. It's finished. So Yoyna was right. He knew Hashem's plan. He was going to use Ninveh to make us look silly. He's like, I'm not interested in such a mission. I don't want to be part of that. And that's why he looked Tavak Av, as the Lashem Nebuchadnezzar is. He knew how dangerous a game he's playing trying to run away from Hashem. There's a lot in the Torah. Last week's parasha. A Navi that's Kavish Nebu and we're going to have to get back to this. What was the Hetar of Yoyim to do this? But a Navi that gets a prophecy and he doesn't share the prophecy, he's Chayv Mito. And the Gemara asks, how does, any other, how does anybody else know? <laughs> how do you know that he got in the void? They didn't say. And the Gemara says, because he tells it to all the Nevi'im. Hashem tells the prophecy that he wants Heshayah to say to all the Nevi'im of that generation. But the old told, don't say it. It's Heshayah's prophecy. So if Heshayah doesn't say it, the Gemara says, if Heshayah doesn't say it, I'm giving an example of Heshayah, but it never happened to Heshayah. If Heshayah doesn't end up giving it, then we take the Navi and he's Chayiv Miso. A Navi that's Chayiv Shavuot, he's Chayiv Miso. Yoyna Navi is playing with fire. He's Kavish Nevoatzeh. That means Yoyna wasn't the only one that got this prophecy. Go to Nineveh and make them repent. Every Navi in the generation heard that Yoyna was told us. And Yoyna's like, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to Atlantic City. What? Yoyna's playing with fire. And Yoyna says, yes. I'll play with fire. But Kalayisol shouldn't come out looking bad. He was not to make way to Av. The Yalkut Shemoni, in the beginning of Sefer Yoyna, the Yalkut Shemoni says, if Yoyna said Omer, Yoyna was going on a suicide mission. Yoyna wasn't going to Tarshish. Yoyna wasn't going to run away. Yoyna was going to take his own life. He was going on a suicide mission. It's like, I'm done, I'm out. He was planning on jumping off the boat in the middle of the ocean, or whatever it is. I don't know. I know exactly what his plan was. He told him, he says, dump me in the ocean. I'm, I'm good with that. We came to to Moshe, Yoyin is not the first one. There are other prophets in history that also said, kill me. Don't hurt the Jews. He says, after the Chet Egel, either you give Klai Yisrael tshuva, so wipe me out. But Yoyin says, here's my neck. What are you going to do? You better be Mechel Klai Yisrael. Yoyin Anovi says the same thing. David HaMelech says the same thing, says the Medrash. Why are you killing out the Jews, Hashem? I did the Aver. Why are they suffering? So kill me and finish. A Navi, like David, like Moshe, and then we have our third Navi in history that says that. I don't care, kill me. I'm a Kavish of I'm not going. Now, what was Yaina thinking? Here's the problem with this that we have to come back to. Not today. Yaina gains nothing. Because let's say Yoyin Taka takes his life. Let's say he does. If Hashem wants Ninveh to repent, you don't think he's going to say, okay, take two. Almost, you go. It's your turn. Yoyin not going. Hashem will send the next guy. By Moshe Rabbeinu, everybody was about to be wiped out. Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem wants to start again with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, either, either you'll be Michael them or I'm not interested either. Fine. That's really, he's not going Hashem. Hashem was like, okay, fine, I'll be Michael. Fine. David HaMelech also, I can understand. But what's Yoyin's plan over here? It's a good question that we have to get back to. We're not going to get to today. But Yoyin Navi says, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. I'm willing to die. That was obviously what Hashem wanted from Hashem Rabbeinu. Hashem wanted Hashem Rabbeinu to say these words. He wanted to hear those words. He was hoping Hashem Rabbeinu would say that. Akash even gives a hint to Hashem Rabbeinu. And he tells him. He says, Please, don't dive don't into me. Hashem Rabbeinu picked up on it. Hashem Rabbeinu was social skills. He was very good. Very good, Hashem Rabbeinu. He goes, oh, oh, okay, fine, got it. Either be Michael, them or kill me. Yaina Navi, probably thinking now, discussing with the Chavra, Yaina Navi probably also like, 
thinking to himself, I see what you want, Hashem. Okay. You, want, you want me to say, no, I'm not going to do it because then Christ is going to look better. I'm going to take my life. Fine, I'm doing it. Yoyna maybe is picking up on, on a message from Hashem. And at least in Yoyna's mind. If Chaim Kinyeski, in his time of the Kroh, he writes this clearly. He writes as follows. I'll read to you the Lashem. He thought the whole thing was a test. Yoyna was convinced Hashem was sending him on a test. So how, how are you going to react? Are you going to make my, my children, you make them look bad, or are you going to take your own life? And Yoyna and his wife passed the test. But once Yoyna saw, he was already thrown into the ocean. He already, he already took his life. He was ready to moist in there for Shekla Yisrael. The Afa became Loy Mace. The guy's such a not successful suicide taker. That he, didn't, he didn't die. He realized, his dog, she said, oh, so the fish swallow me and I lived there for three days. He realizes, okay, death is not... So he starts re- Oh, so it wasn't a test. I guess I really have to go to Nineveh. So he went to Nineveh. Meaning, in Yoyna's mind, says Rebchan Kineski, he, he was convinced that this was all a test to see how he's going to react. Now, Barbanel, on Sefer Yoyna, writes, why was Yoyna written into Sefer Nevi'im? Same kasha that Radak asked. And he says, Sefer Yoyna nichta v'kisra kodesh loy b'bechinat ninveh. Ki im b'bechinat Yoyna v'tokev chasidusoy. V'anesheh na'ati imoy, k'sheh neidah shedibar l'keinu, shedvar l'keinu yakum l'olam. Now, Barbanel says, the point of Sefer Yoyna is not the story of Ninveh. If you focus on Ninveh, according to Rabbi Arbanel, you miss the purpose. The purpose of the story is how someone like Yoyna is such a tzaddik and such a chassid. What does Rabbi Arbanel mean? L'chari means this, that to not make another Jew look bad, and for sure, Gans Klayosol, I will go to the ocean. But Klayosol will stay pure and pristine, and nothing nasty will be said about them, or done to them. In fact, there's a medrash in Sheikh Hatev and Tehillim, that says, the Russian of the Medrash says, Yoyne ben Amitai, Tzadik Gomer Hoyo. Russian of the Medrash. He was a Tzadik Gomer. Nitzarev v'bliyaz dogim v'metzilas yamim. He was purified, like we learned yesterday from the Maral, that sometimes hardships in life is to purify you. He was purified in the fish's stomach. He was purified in the depths of the ocean. V'loy meis. And he didn't die. Elo v'yoyim Hashem adag v'yake es yoyin al-abasha. I'll listen to the Russian of the Medrash. And Yoyna Navi never died. Yoyna Navi went straight alive into Ganadin. Because of his mysterious nefesh, he was willing to go into the ocean. Maybe, maybe, we'll say it like this, just coming out a point. Maybe he was wrong, as the Prime Minister says. He thought it was a test. But he actually went ahead to do this. He actually put his life out there for Klayosol. Says the Medrash that Yoyna Navi went into Ganadin alive. He's one of the people that went to Ganadin alive. Now there's another Nekudo, why Yoyin Anavi went to Ganadin alive, which we'll get back to later, later on, a different opportunity. Yoyin Anavi, this is not his first appearance in Navi. Yoyin Anavi, Chazal tell us, was just like we have a Haftarah that Elisha Hanavi brought back a child from dead to life. Torah, right? He sends Gechazi with a stick, and it doesn't work. And then, Yoyin, then Elisha comes and he puts his face on his face. He does what he does, and the child survives. Elisha wasn't the first to do this in history, but if you learn say from Malachim, you'll see his Rebbe, Eliyahu Novi, did it already. Eliyahu Novi did it to a child. Who was that child? Yoyin Hanavi. Shaitan Kazal. The child that Eliyahu Novi brought back from the dead was Yoyin Hanavi. I mean, Yoyin Hanavi was born and he died. Eliyahu Novi brought him back. Kazal tells us that Eliyahu Novi put a spark of him into Yoyin Yoyin is, well, as we're going to learn say for Yoyin, we're going to see a lot, a lot of Eliyahu Novi in say for Yoyin. We see a lot of similarities and overlap between the two of them. Eliyahu Navi never died either. Eliyahu Navi wanted to alive again. Also, if Yoyna is a life spark of Eliyahu Navi, of course he goes alive again. And that's why he's called Yoyna ben Amitai. What's Amitai? His father's name could have been Amitai. That's Pashim Shat. But Chazal tells us, actually not Chazal, but Rizal says, Amitai is because we know those that sang last night this Mirus by Mlava Malko. There's something called Mirus by Mlava Malko. Putting that out there. So by Mirus by Malko, it says Eliyahu Navi, it says Isha Emes. Called Isha Emes. He's saying Isha Hayo. He's called the Isha Emes. The Yoyna ben Amita, he says, Arizal, was Yoyna the son of Amita, the Isha Emes, the Eliyahu Navi. He was a child of Eliyahu Navi. Now, he wasn't really a child of Eliyahu Navi. 
but he was brought back to life by Leon. So he went to get Aiden alive. That's parenthetically. We'll get back to that. But for now, he went back. And he went to get Aiden alive, as Abar Benel said. The lashon we said is the Taikif Hasidusa, the story of Sefer Yonas to teach us the Taikif Hasidus of this individual named Yonah Hanavi. Did he lose his Kaikh Hanavur because he ran away or not? That's a conversation that we'll have and we'll get to and what exactly his plan was. But I want to, for the last couple of minutes, focus on the first part of the Radak. Radak says, Goyim? Yeah, they do Chuba that way. Yidin? We're difficult people. We get resent Nevi'im after Nevi'im after Nevi'im and, and, and uh, still waiting for Bayashlishi. I want to discuss this Nikudah for a couple of moments. I'll pick up at Hashem next week. Why Taka are going like that? Is it because they're better or because they're worse? So first you can say very simple. You only have seven things you're not allowed to do. That's a compliment. You have seven things you're not allowed to do. It's not such a big deal to be a good guy. Just don't kill people, which you shouldn't, I mean... Logical. You shouldn't rob. I mean, I mean, we're talking about some basics. What are the hard things about being a guy? Don't curse Hashem. I hear. Maybe Dean him. I think maybe the one that's hard. Don't eat a live rabbit. What's the big? So don't eat a live rabbit. What? So what are we asking of a guy? So of course they're craving tshuva. On a very simple level, question: Why they're craving tshuva? Tell the years he spoke Russian Hara. Yeah, really, he deserves it. Whatever it was, it was whatever the man we have, we have some mitzvahs and some avarists that are, are difficult. But it's a That's not to do tshuva for that. It's not easy. It's not easy. So on a very simple level, we don't have to come on to any fancy shikluch The goyim have very little to do tshuva for. They have a very easy, you know, fine. That's number one. And in fact, the al Kaddish brings down this as the pshat, as that's why goyim are very craving tshuva. But then the al Kaddish says the second thing. That's also very pashat l'chayro. We know the rule is, the greater you are, the more yetzahari you have. We're way greater than Goyim. So we have way greater of a yetzahari than Goyim. Which makes it way, way harder to do tshuva. Very good. As simple as that. Also simple. Goyim don't have this yetzahari. The Radal, in his commentary on the Prickad Eliezer, which if you own a Prickad Eliezer, I suggest you bring it along. For our Yenish Yerim, because the Prickad Ebliezer is the Medrash on Sefer Yerim, the Etzim. Two Prakim and Prickad Ebliezer about Yerim Hanavi, which we're going to learn a lot from it. You don't have to go out to buy it. I mean, you could if you want to. Prickad Ebliezer. So on the Prickad Ebliezer, there's the Pirish Radal, that's the go to Pirish on Prickad Ebliezer. The Radal of Davaluria, Talmud of the Gruff. So he brings down, Bashem, his brother, Abshat, that, and we mentioned this by the Kinnis this year, Tishabo. The Klai Yisrael, they felt very complacent because they had a Beit English. As we said then, the Navi Yirmiyo calls Klai Yisrael in to give them Mutzer, and Klai Yisrael says, Hey Chal Hashem, Hey Chal Hashem. Which means that they felt very comfortable. We have a Beit HaMikdash. You're giving us, we have a Beit HaMikdash. And that's what Yirmiyo now is screaming. Yeah, but if you don't change, you're not going to have that anymore. It was so foreign to them that something like that would happen they relied on the fact that I didn't have Arias, so I'll bring a Chattas tomorrow. I'll bring a Asham. You can't bring a Chattas on a Mesa, so I'll bring a very, very, very fat Chattas. I mean, like, maybe that does work. Kaiso was convinced that we have a Beit Semitic, we'll be okay. Therefore, we were stubborn. Very simple. Kaiso, not, we're not bad people. It was just, it was unfathomable of us. Let's try that word again. Unfathomable. To us, that Akadish Baruch was going to literally kick us out of our control. That Akadish Baruch was going to literally punish us. It, it, it didn't occur to us that that could actually happen. So it's not that we're stubborn. It's just we have such a great relationship with Hashem that, you know, my father would never really do that to me. And therefore, it was just like a threat. He told me I'm not going to get shot at this party. But every week I end up getting anyways. Right? So, so he threatened. You know, so... But a guy doesn't have that. The guy doesn't have that. Hashem says, you better. And the guy's like, oh, okay. Sure. No problem. That's the one shot that I'll bring down. Then he brings down a second shot from his son. His name was Reb Chaim Yaina. He says, the shot is because, this is maybe a little hard for our generation to hear. We're not going to elaborate on it. We're just going to just throw it out there. The Rambam says, there are 24 things that if a person does them, a person, a person can do tshuva. I'm not interested in going through it right now. 
Everybody can do tshuva. You're all good. Okay? We're just gonna put it like that. You're all good. But the archa of Dalad Varma Ma'akim said tshuva. Goyim don't have anything that's Ma'akim said tshuva. A guy, if he does tshuva, he does tshuva. So finished. But a yid, we, yid, sometimes very hard because we have things that hold us back from doing tshuva. And therefore, he says that's another reason why yid is not different. There's a sefer called Razi Yoyna, on Sefer Yoyna. He brings down from the Maral. Very, very deep Nakuda, very Pashat Nakuda. How is it deep and Pashat? It's deep, because Maral says it. And then once he says it, it becomes, yes, it's Pashat. He says as follows. The more physical something is, the easier it is to manipulate its form. Let's take wood. Wood is something very physical. I can take wood, I can make it into a stender, I can make it into a chair, I can make it into a bookcase. I can manipulate it into many different things because it's physical. The more physical something is, the easier it is to make it what I want it to be. The more spiritual something is, take water. Water is more spiritual than wood. It's very hard to make water into a form. If you freeze it, fine, you turn it into a form. But water itself will take the form of the kelu that it's in. If it's an octagon shape, then the water will be octagon shape. It's very hard to make it into a tzura. Wind, ear, is even harder. It's even less physical. That's impossible to make it into a shape. The more spiritual something is, the harder it is to mold it, says the Maral. Goyim are very physical. So if you come to them and you tell them, you've got to tweak this. Okay, so I tweak this. We're spiritual beings, us heathen. We have a physical part to us, absolutely. But we are spiritual. It's very hard to take something spiritual and say, and now do like this. I'm like that as long as the thing that's containing me is like that. The moment the thing that's containing me is not like that, the air dissipates. Or the water just spills all over the place. And imagine a yid. So you could, you could scare me, you could confine me in a certain way, but the moment that goes away, it's gone. It doesn't have any real lasting power unless they actually change it. Says the Maral, or the way the Yerazi explains it from the Maral, this Nikuda itself. This is Mamashe Nikuda. Goyimah easy change. They're very easy. They're very gullible. Goyimah very gullible. They are. Vaharari, they could believe that Hashem could have a child. I mean, who, who in their right mind, if they take a step back, would be able to believe that? They're very gullible. Somebody with a good tongue, was a good speaker, was able to convince them of certain things. You listen to what the Arabs talk about, they're totally out of their mind. You should never read the Quran. But I'm telling you, it's nuts. And yet people are willing to go blow buses for this. It's nuts. It's not normal. They're very, Goyim are very gullible. Simply put, because they were not learned, they were not educated. They were simple, and they were told, you do this, you're going to go to Elam Haba, and this is what it's going to look like. Oh, yeah? Sure. No problem. Now, it's very easy to say that. We also have that in Yiddishkeit. But Yiddishkeit, we, we're willing to prove everything. Nobody's trying to convince you of anything. All right? I have to say this example. You open up, the, don't open the Quran. But if you open the Quran, we know that the Arabs are more, they're more hilly than us because they daven five times a day. We only daven three times a day. If you complain ever that we daven three times a day, it's better than being an Arab. They daven five times a day. If you ever open the Quran, that was a compromise Muhammad made with Moshe Rabbeinu. It's a total joke. Muhammad, I shouldn't even be mentioning the shul, but it's Sinusa Dawei Dezara's mutter. You're allowed to, you're allowed to make, you're allowed to make jokes like that. Muhammad was met by Malach Gavriel. He was met by Malach Gavriel and he told him that you have to go pray to God and you have to this. And they believe in Hashem Echad. So that's one thing that we have to give them. And, and you have to daven 50 times a day. 50 times a day. I don't know when you eat or go to work, whatever. But you have to daven 50 times a day. So Muhammad's like, okay, no problem. On the way out, having a conversation with Gavriel, Malach Gavriel, quote unquote, he meets Moshe Rabbeinu. And when she says, so, uh, how did your reading go? She said, oh, we had to have 50 times a day. He goes, 50 times a day? That's crazy. Go back, see if you can negotiate for 45. And he goes back in and he negotiates for 45. He negotiated for 45 times a day. Moshe meets him again. He said, you settle for 45. Why not try 40? 40, 30, the same numbers as in Bessie 30, 20, 10. And 10, like, Moshe says, yeah, get it down to 5. He gets it down to 5. He meets Moshe Rabbeinu again. Moshe Rabbeinu says, hey, get it down to three. He's like, nah, it's not really embarrassing. You know, we started at 50. So the Arabs, they settled at five. So every one of those three lists is basically garbage. Because they settled. They were easily convinced. Moshe Rabbeinu met them. 
And there, again, this isn't all, all in their dimmion that this guy, this Meshuggah had in his dreams and his visions. And he convinced Goyim are easy to be convinced. Try to convince a Jew of anything. Anything. Try to convince him that this world is actually freshly painted. Com- try to convince him. It even says, freshly painted, don't touch. Only the Jew checks the seat out. We're not easily convinced. We are at Am Kishay The escalator is not working. Only the Jew goes on to see if it's working or not. Only the Jew. Why are we so hard to convince? It's part of our DNA. It's, it's part of what makes us great. I want to read you the Lush of the Maral, Lametach Yisrael. Let's be honest. If we weren't stubborn people, if we were easily convinced, we wouldn't be here today. Yes or no? 2,000 years wandering? If we were easily convinced of anything, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be around. It's very, it's very easy to convince someone that doesn't have any, any seichel about something. We're stubborn. We don't trust anything. We question everything. Ravita says something in the Gemara. Yeah, Papa doesn't. He has questions. Abai has questions. Nobody trusts anybody in Yiddishkeit. That's great. That's what makes it so authentic. Any Rebbe, parent, teacher, will tell their child, ask questions. I might not have the answers, but ask questions. We're the only religion that promotes asking questions. Promotes. There's a... I'm going off a little bit on that. There's a... Um, in Washington Heights, Shiva University. So they had the, the, the head of the, the French... The, the Archbishop of, of France came to Yeshiva University many, many years ago. And he was walking around in plain clothes. He wasn't walking around with his whole uh, other design and everything. And he's walking around and he's watching and he sees guys learning and they're fighting and they're arguing and this. So he goes into the Reisham Aisid and uh, he asks him, he says, well, what? How are you guys so successful? I know. He decided after spending a day watching what's going on, he thinks the, the Chavrusa thing, the fact that it's Chavrusa, so two people can sit and talk, that, that's what makes it successful. Therefore, when he goes back to France, he's going to institute in their thing that there's going to be Chavrusas. There's a concept called Chavrusas. Anyway, they made it a yearly thing that they come back to Washington Heights, to the yeshiva. I don't know if it still happens, but this used to, for years it's happened. They come back to the yeshiva. All the, the chevra that are learning to study to become whatever. And uh, they would come and sit down and they would have a conference with some of the staff members and they would discuss, you know, we should really get together because we believe with so many things. And they you know, we say, yeah, okay, very good. There was Meister Shaya Kachaya, they were sitting there once, and um, all of a sudden, one of them goes, I knew it! Okay, what did, what did you know? So he said that he was, he was learning as he was sitting in university, he had access to libraries and that, and he was learning one of the, one of the Chazal. And something that he always was bothered by, the Christians have a certain, whatever, I don't want to get into it, I'm not here to knock other religions or whatever, something pointed to share, but not this year, I'll upon it. Um, and uh, he, he was told to never ask questions about a certain topic, because there are no answers, and he, and he knew that there's answers. Because he opened the Medrash, he was in the library, in Yeshiva University, he opened the Medrashim, and there's answers. Why are we so scared? Why are we so scared when people ask questions? And therefore he said, it's not Chavrusas that's our downfall. After years, they trying Chavrusas, it didn't really help. It's because we don't allow anybody to ask questions. And in Judaism, you're allowed to ask questions. Because we're, we're stubborn. Because even if you ask, you're not necessarily going to become, we're not worried about you. That's we, we are, I'm Kishayoyim. It's not a bad thing. It's, we, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Listen to the Lashon Maral and Netzach Yisrael. Kya nefesh goivir bi Yisrael, the soul has unbelievable power when it's in a Jew. Let's talk about the worst midah of a Jew, says Maral. The worst midah. Our Creator said about us. Hashem said, Hashem like, the Jews, you know, those, those Jews. Kaisal is not willing to take techocho. Says the Maral, we're not physical. We're not a piece of wood or a piece of plastic that you can manipulate. That's why the rough ketoktal is blue in the face. People are not changing easily. It doesn't happen. That's, who, that's how we are made. 
says the Maral, him kalam lispoil. They're very easy to convince. Let me ask you a question. What's your question? Is there one person today that could get up in Klaisol? That could convince you to kill six million Germans? I don't think so. Yet they had a civilized country. One animal got up with a good tongue and he convinced them to all to become animals. To kill six million Jews. And twenty million people in general. Because they're easily convinced. Yeah, it's a good idea, we should kill the Jews. Okay, sure, no problem, we'll kill the Jews. Go, go convince a Jew of anything. But also, it doesn't happen. Says Maral, we are not easily manipulated. They're meant to. They're easy to. Like anything physical to change and be manipulated. Really? God's going to turn it over? Okay, um, stop praying. I asked, well, like, yeah, 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 I don't know. Yeah, really? I'm going to discuss with my wife. I don't think so. Okay, I, I thought about it. No, it's not going to happen. We're not, we're, we're trained, we're naturally like that, not like that. I'll give you an example. And we'll end with this. Even though there's more to be said about this, and we'll continue next week. I'll give you an example. I don't know where you hang out in the summer or what you do. But last summer, I went to a place. And we went to uh, the aquarium. And in the aquarium, they had a show that you could watch, you know, like a... A 3D show. And what's the 3D show about? You think it's an aquarium. It's about fish, about penguins, about this. No, it's about saving the planet. That's what it's about. Based on penguins and fish. The Goyim all come out and they're like, yeah, you know, we really should, you know, we should stop using plastic bags. And the Jews, I mean, we were the only Jews there. But every single one of us, of my family, we all walked out and we laughed. Seriously? Really? That's what we're showing in the aquarium about not killing penguins in Antarctica. I wasn't planning on killing penguins in Antarctica. I don't think that my buying a shopping bag will have anything to do with a penguin in Antarctica. We, you can't convince a Jew. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But the game will come out and they're all taking off their shoes and they're wearing now from now on uh, paper flip-flops. That last, that's a one-time use only. Well, they drink from a straw that's paper that by the time it gets up, they already have the paper facing on. Because they're, they're, they're gullible they're impressionable. You can, it's very easy to convince them. It's very easy. And Yoyna says, I'm going to go. They're going to be convinced. And they're going to do tshuva. And what's Klai going to look like? Like a bunch of stubborn mules. And it's not a bad thing about Klai So if I want to go to the ocean, I'd rather die. I don't want Klai to lose their stubbornness. I don't want them to say, you know, let's be like Ninveh. And when we get an Arby, come tell us. I don't want them to, be, to lose their stubbornness. It's something that's so special about a Jew. It has, to, it has to be used properly, obviously. And that's part one, the Kuda, as to what Goyim Akrevet Tshuva and Yisrael is not. That's Hashem, we'll continue next week on this Nikuda, and we have so much more to see before we even get to Perak Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, about Sefi